0: This is the Recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Tuesday, February 27, 2024. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. The Illinois Courts Commission has removed an Adams County judge from the bench over violations including reversing a sexual assault conviction. Tri-States Public Radio's Jane Carlson has more.
1: Following a bench trial in the fall of 2021, Eighth Circuit Judge Robert Adrian found a then-18-year-old Quincy man guilty of one count of sexual assault. At a sentencing in early 2022, Adrian acknowledged he was required to impose a mandatory prison sentence but he refused to, saying the defendant had already served five months in the Adams County jail and he believed that was plenty of punishment. Adrian then reversed his finding of guilt and the defendant was released from custody. Adrian also threw an Adams County prosecutor out of his courtroom after the prosecutor liked a Facebook post that was critical of him. The Illinois Courts Commission found Adrian's conduct in both situations to be prejudicial to the administration of justice, bringing his judicial office into disrepute. In addition, the commission found Adrian lied under oath to the Illinois Judicial Inquiry Board. The commission says he abused his power to indulge his own sense of justice while circumventing the law, and he has failed to acknowledge his misconduct. Adrian was first elected to the Eighth Circuit in 2010. I'm Jane Carlson.
0: A North Henderson man was sentenced to 30 months in federal prison for failing to register as a sex offender. 48-year-old Alan Sechrist was required to register as a sex offender for life following his 2011 conviction in Knox County for aggravated criminal sexual abuse. He failed to register his residence last year and was detained by U.S. Marshals. The federal government says it's concerned that Iowa is not processing food assistance applications fast enough. Iowa Public Radio's Natalie Krebs reports.
2: USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack sent Governor Kim Reynolds and 43 other states a letter urging them to improve the efficiency of their SNAP benefits program. The letter states that Iowa has an application processing timeliness rate of just under 83 percent. That's below the Fed's acceptable performance rate of 95 percent. Luke Elzinga is with the Des Moines Area Religious Council, or DMARC. He says delays in getting SNAP benefits can be detrimental to those who need them.
3: For a lot of people, that's the difference between having funds to feed their families or not. These are people who are waiting for benefits to pay for groceries.
2: A spokesperson for the Iowa Department of Health and Human Services says it continues to, quote, review and make improvements to the process for reviewing SNAP applications. I'm Natalie Krebs, IPR News.
0: Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker's proposed budget includes a $10 million increase in funding for state grants for low-income college students. That's much less than the $100 million increase he secured for the Monetary Award Program, or MAP, grant last year. State data show more than 60% of black and Hispanic students in Illinois rely on the need-based aid to help pay for college. Governor Pritzker is also trying to get rid of the state's 1% grocery sales tax, this time permanently. Illinois Public Radio's Mawa Iqbal reports.
1: During his budget address, Pritzker said families are struggling to pay for groceries, even as inflation starts to cool down. His proposal was met with applause from both Democratic and Republican lawmakers.
3: Even if it only puts a few hundred bucks back in families' pockets, it's the right thing to do.
1: The governor suspended the tax in 2022 for 1 year as part of a larger plan to help residents during high inflation. The Illinois Municipal League is staunchly opposed, saying this could cost local governments statewide 325 million dollars a year. I'm Mawa Iqbal.
0: Republicans are attacking Democratic Illinois Governor JB Pritzker over his plans for a popular state tax credit. The governor wants to increase the standard tax exemption used by 11 million But Republicans say he's not increasing the credit by enough to fully cover the effects of inflation. An alert from Northern Illinois University says some faculty and staff received what appears to be a fake violence threat, also known as swatting. The sender requested a large police presence to attract news coverage. NIU officials say they know other universities received an identical message on Monday morning as well. Such hoaxes have targeted schools, hospitals, and churches across the country, especially over the past few years. From the 70s to the 30s. Sorry, this is not a promotional announcement for a music program. Instead, it is a forecast of the possible temperature changes we may experience soon. From the red flag fire hazard conditions we experienced yesterday to today's projected high temperatures in the upper 70s, we could see severe storms start this afternoon and a steep drop in temperatures. That means a low in the upper teens this evening, with snow possible and wind chills tomorrow as low as zero degrees. In our feature for today, Illinois lawmakers want to allow terminally ill patients to end their lives on their own terms. A new proposal in the state Senate would let people with a prognosis of six months to live or less get a prescription for medication that they would administer themselves. Kadeen Bennett from the ACLU of Illinois joined Illinois Public Radio's Alex Degman from her office in downtown Chicago to talk about this issue. She says they've been advocating for this since the late 1990s.
4: I think we're at a point where people understand that this issue is a really important thing. The idea that somebody who is terminal, so they have a prognosis of six months or less to live, deserve the opportunity to um, have access to medication that would allow for them to end their life in a peaceful manner.
3: How safe and effective are these medications that we're talking about here?
4: So they are very safe, like most medications that you're allowed to take uh, for end-of-life care in other states. So we don't know of any examples in other states where it's been um, harmful to a patient. It's effective in that it's a a prescription that a doctor gives a patient who is terminal so that they're able, you know, there are some guardrails in place. The patient has to be able to ingest the medication. And once they ingest, they uh, transition into a peaceful sleep and then um, they're they are able to end their suffering
3: are there safeguards in place to ensure people aren't making a decision out of haste because you know they're I mean they just got the worst news of their life right how does this legislation ensure that they're able to sit back for a minute take a beat fully take stock of the situation and not rush into any major decisions right away
4: Yeah. So similar to other states, um, the way that this would work is that you would have to um, have a diagnosis of being terminal. So six months or less to live, you'd have to be an adult. So somebody who's over 18 years of age, you would have to be able to have the mental capacity to make the decision for yourself. So you would go to a doctor, say, you know, doctor, I'm terminal, I would like to explore medical aid in dying. Uh, You would have to do um, an oral request. Then there is a guardrail of having a written request. And then no less than five days after your first oral request, you have to make another oral request. So at the second oral request, so that's oral written oral, then you are able to um, move forward in the process.
3: Now, are all doctors going to be required to participate in this and write prescriptions if that's what their patients want?
4: Nope. Uh, we have the uh, healthcare right of conscience law in Illinois. No doctor is required to provide this care. No medical health professional is required to, to, to participate in this care at all. It does say that if, I, if you're my doctor and I come to you asking for that care and you don't provide it, there is some built-in language that would require that the healthcare provider make sure you transfer that patient's records in a timely manner, which is important for somebody who's terminal, and make clear that you don't provide that care.
3: And that kind of leads into my next question, which is that, you know, some people are against this. Uh, They, among other things, are saying that conjures up visions of Dr. Jack Kevorkian and assisted suicide. But why is this different?
4: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's unfortunate to combine those two things. We're talking about um, an end-of-life option for somebody who's facing a terminal illness, so six months or less to live. Um, Assisted suicide is something that's very different. It doesn't require any kind of terminal diagnosis. For so many people, having this option is so crucial and brings them comfort at the end of their lives, and I think it's really important. I understand that people are opposed to it, but this is a end-of-life option that nobody is forced to, to um, engage in if they don't want to. Either they don't have to take it if they don't want to, they don't have to provide this care if they don't want to.
0: That was Kadeen Bennett from the ACLU of Illinois, and she was speaking with Illinois Public Radio's Alex Degman. In the weather for our listening area for today, mostly sunny skies with a high in the upper 70s and south winds 10 to 15 miles an hour could gust as high as 20 miles an hour at times. For tonight, rain mixed with snow is possible overnight. Some thunder is also possible. Increasingly cloudy skies with a low in the upper teens. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.